Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shops here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. the Holy Maneuver Podcast, part of the Geek So To Speak Network. I'm Mark. And I'm Vector. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. If this is your first time listening in the short form Star Wars podcast, each week we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. Hey Vector, why does Princess Leia keep her hair tied up in buns? I don't know. Why does she? So does it hang so low. All right, everyone. So this is episode six of our podcast. So we thought, well, what better way to do this episode than to introduce ourselves? Wait six episodes and do that. Uh, so I'm going to let Factor take it off and ask him his experience and what introduced him to a galaxy far, far away. And then after that, uh, after all, share my story and then we'll talk about some news. Oh, yeah. Just the way... I like it. Star Wars news delivered hot and fresh. But first, a little story time. I can remember Star Wars always being there. But the time that I actually got into the storyline and understood what was going on, because before that, it's just random flashes of lightsabers and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, you know, knowing Darth Vader was Luke's father. All these pop culture things that have seeped in over the years. But... I didn't know the storyline. I didn't know what was going on until one day I remember in middle school or no, I'm, I'm sorry, elementary school, I got sick and I stayed home and my mom took me to Blockbuster Video and we rented the Back to the Future trilogy on VHS and the Star Wars trilogy on VHS. And it was a very good day for me to be sick. I watched all the movies back <laughs> to back to back and that I think is when I fell in love with Star Wars and I've been a fan ever since it was I think just watching the the trilogy all back to back in a row that created my love for Star Wars and I just consumed it from there got more and more into the storylines I kind of wish I had read a little bit more of the novels when I was younger but anything video game related I was all a part of anything that was there wasn't any at the time there was no animated shows that were on you know they had the the droids animated stuff and they had the ewoks live action movies but not a whole lot for my specific age range there's a ton more now but back then it was slim pickings and at that time we didn't know when we were going to get more star wars content because episodes 4 5 and 6 had wrapped up and there was like rumors in the background about oh yeah George wants to do a trilogy before and a trilogy after, but there wasn't anything confirmed. The prequel trilogy wasn't confirmed until years later. So at this point, I was just kind of trying to scrounge up any Star Wars content I could. So I remember actually one time we were flying to Japan and it was a 10 hour flight and my mom bought me this encyclopedia of Star Wars and it had just definitions the Clone Wars. It was the first time I ever heard about the Clone Wars besides Obi-Wan mentioning it, was in that book. And I was like, whoa, Clone Wars? 
and I looked up all the information about it. So that encyclopedia, I don't, I can't remember the name of it at this point, but it was a, it was a black paperback. I remember that. And just looking up all the information and saying, Oh man, it'd be great if we actually got a movie of all this stuff. And then we did. So that was, I'm pretty sure I have oh. that book. I think it's in pa- in my in my son Patrick's room. I would like room. to take a look at that. Is is like a, a thinner? It was thinner black paperback book. As a kid, my memory of it was that it was fat, but it very well could have been thin. And I'm just remembering it wrong. But it was just every Star Wars term you can think of is in there. And now we have like the visual nice. guides and stuff, which are cool. But back then, it was just. No pictures. I was imagining everything, and that's what got me into Star Wars. Was just kind of, like I said, just watching them on VHS and then wanting to learn more about the universe. Very cool. I think uh, my what I can recall my first steps uh, into a bigger world uh, was with my cousins. Uh, I know that you were in Japan a lot when you were younger, but yes, with with me, I want to say at that time tbs had the rights to the the films oh so i would watch like the original trilogy at that time with my cousins whenever it would i remember having like uh like these sleepovers with my cousins and we'd watch i I can specifically remember watching return of the jedi on tbs with them it was like the original original version was before special editions came out and remember just like sitting there on the couch drinking um uh, milk that my grandpa had put some blue dye into it so that we were <laughs> drinking blue milk while we were watching it uh, yeah so that's like one of my my first memories of star wars and then a few years after that uh was around 1997 was when they released the special edition films i'm actually looking at at it we're both on camera to ourselves but just off screen for me this is a very good for an audio medium <laughs> Um, I ha- I still actually have my plastic popcorn bucket from the Star Wars Special Edition trilogy that I got. So you saw it in the theater? Yeah, that was that was my first time seeing a Star Wars movie in the theater. Was uh, I didn't get to see A New Hope when that came out in January of '97, but I did get to go see Empire Strikes Back in theaters. So that was Empire Strikes Back was the first Star Wars movie that I ever got to see in a movie theater. So. And the, the way those rank up, I think that's a pretty first good Star Wars film to get to see in a movie. Yeah. I actually didn't get to see the special editions in the theater, but when they came out in that gold yeah. VHS box set, I got that. And I, for some reason, I didn't remember hearing about them being in the theater. So when they came out on VHS and they had a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff about how what, you know, what they added, that, to me, was probably my one of my very first special edition or I should say behind the scenes thing where I got addicted to extras and, and DVD, what became DVD extras. Um, so watching that and seeing how George Lucas, Oh, this is what I originally planned. This is what I wanted. That was like catnip for me. I was in heaven. Um, so I remember watching those special editions over and over again. And then in 1999, I remember the Phantom Menace. I was in Japan this whole time uh, from 97 to 99. I was living in Japan on a military base and we didn't get a lot of American content. But when episode one came out in the theater, 
the line was down the block because oh. uh, it was just one yeah. theater. There wasn't like a multiplex. So that was a very good experience for me. I remember watching episode one in the theater and having just watched the special editions on VHS. So that was a very good time for me. Nice. I remember that was like one of the first times I just got like fully immersed and obsessed with Star Wars, which like I wanted like everything to do with all the toys, everything. I remember that was episode. Yeah. When episode one came out that uh, like Taco Bell, KFC and Pizza Hut, since they're all owned by the same company. I remember that commercial where it had like the like the Pizza Hut lady, Colonel Sanders, and then the, the Chihuahua from Taco Bell. They were all like trying to team up and playing the Star Wars music. <laughs> You're a real Colonel, right? Play Defeat the Dark Side. Get a game medallion and you could win one of millions of prizes instantly. Even a Star Wars speeder. Only a Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC. I remember, I think you talked about that you had, because Pizza Hut did the cups that had those really big tops. Yes. Like the characters on top. And I think you said you had like the yes. Darth Maul one. Yes, that was one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia for a long time because I fell in love with just the look of Darth Maul. I actually got the contacts, the Sith uh, eyes, and I wanted a double-bladed lightsaber, but at the time, it was just the plastic toys. There wasn't anything like what we have now with the, the very nice replicas of the lightsabers. But I never got the double-bladed lightsaber, but I just liked that it was different. It was something that I hadn't seen before, and I just liked his tattoos, his face tattoos. I remember running down the hallway of my, hall, of my uh, high school, and having that Darth Maul topper as if it was an action figure. I remember just like, hey, I'm I'm hitting you with my <laughs> lightsaber, um, doing that to other kids. So, yeah, I remember that. That was probably my favorite uh, piece of memorabilia. I, I remember that Jar Jar Tongue lollipop oh, thing. Oh, yeah, those things are weird. And I, I remember just laughing at it. I never, like, bought one, but I just remember thinking, that's kind of strange. I remember... Uh, Going back to the Taco Bell stuff is that I, I even asked one of the employees at Taco Bell because they had like special shirts that had Darth Vader on them and said something about, or actually maybe this is, they had these toys when the special edition came out maybe. Yeah, because I remember I had all those because they had like the split face uh, Yoda on one side and Darth Vader on the other side. It was like a oh. mirror. Yeah. And then they had like that push uh, toy that had like the Death Star blow up and the, the floating yeah, uh, right. cloud city. Yeah. So, I but yeah, that. so I guess Taco Bell got in there early with doing the, the, the Star Wars stuff. I remember uh, when Revenge of the Sith came out, Burger King did all those toys too. And I got yes. all of those toys. I made sure I got, they had a ton of them too. I made sure I got every single one of yeah. them. I did too. Yep. But yeah, so needless to say, we were we were very cool kids and very popular when we were oh, in yeah. school because of our our likes for Star Wars. Yeah, I also oh, actually God. episode three was what really kicked my fandom into overdrive because before that I considered myself like a casual fan, and for whatever reason, episode three was the one. I think it was because I was like, oh, this is going to be the last one. But also just because I enjoyed that movie so much, it just set my, I think 
the level that I'm at today to be doing a podcast about Star Wars was started with that episode three. Um, that was when my joy and my excitement for Star Wars just rose to another level. So episode three, no matter what people say about the prequels or, um, you know, not enjoying things as much as the originals, episode three and just the prequels in general, after we've, we've gotten the Clone Wars animated series, we've gotten all the things after it. I think the prequels in general have kind of pushed the Star Wars, the, the mythos even further. If we didn't have the prequels, I think it would be a very different uh, thing today than what we do. So a hundred percent the episode three and uh, episode one, because I wasn't a huge fan of two when it came out in the theater. Although for some reason I saw it the, the most out of all the prequels, I saw two the most. I don't know why, but um, definitely, like I said, three just has a special place to me because it, uh, reignited my love of star wars you just wanted to go home and rethink your life <laughs> death sticks yeah i remember episode three for me too I, if people follow us on uh, instagram they may have already seen this but that's where i went i went in deep on my star wars love i still actually had hair at that point and i grew my hair <laughs> i grew my hair out to be like basically the same as Hayden Christensen's Anakin hairdo. And I, I even freaking got a perm more or less so that it would be, so that it would be that same kind of like wavy, like hairstyle he had. Yeah. That's how, that's how committed I was to it. There's a, me and my wife uh, got a character done at that time that we still have hanging in our bedroom uh, where I'm Anakin when I had the long hair and then she's, uh, Padme, and she was pregnant with our son at that time. So, I always say that to Patrick that he's actually in that character too, because she has her hands on her stomach. So I think it's kind of funny, <laughs> kind of funny in that character, because we're supposed to be in Mustafar, and you see like the volcano oh, in the right. background. I'm wearing like the whole Anakin getup, and she's got the Padme outfit on from like basically into the movie when she comes to Mustafar. But what's right. funny is that the dude drew the sunglasses <laughs> on. That she had on her too, so it's like Padme's wearing sunglasses on Mustafar. Ah. And Dang. that was also at that same year, it was the first time I went to a Star Wars convention. I, and I went nice. to a Star Wars celebration in Indianapolis that year. Nice. And we had only been dating for a few months at that time, but she actually went with me. We drove all the way from New York State over to Indiana to go to the Star Wars convention. And I was like, all right. She's willing to go to a Star Wars convention with me. She's she had never seen any of the Star Wars movies at that point. They were oh, wow. they were playing the Star Wars movies at like different nights there. So mm-hmm. we went and watched them while we were there. Uh, we got to see like different panels that had like like Rick McCollum and uh, Hayden Christensen on them. And nice. I ended up getting to meet uh, Peter Mayhew, R.I.P. Hey. He was really nice. Uh, and then randomly met Jake Lloyd young Anakin himself. That was the picture I posted <laughs> on our on our Instagram a few weeks back on his birthday. Yeah. Uh, that's also where I met uh, Billy D, or I guess didn't really meet Billy D. That, that was a weird thing where you had to hand whatever you were getting signed off to somebody else. You walked in this line that was then 10 feet further away from him. You walked down that Dang. line and then back up 
to the table to get your thing back from him. Imagine if he was doing this during COVID and they had those plastic shields up. Like, this is before any yeah. of that. Billy D still didn't want to get near the fans. That's interesting. Yeah, you need to tell somebody else your name. <laughs> you couldn't tell him. You basically had no interaction with him. I don't know. So that's that, weird. Maybe he was having a bad day, but like that always put like this like weird kind of memory of ability Williams in my head. So whenever I see him at anything else or in anything else, I just remember that. So yeah, it's crazy. You never know what your interactions like. As a famous person, you know, you're used to every day people coming up to you. But those people that are coming up to you, that's going to be their most likely only interaction with you. And it's going to leave an imprint on them, as Billy D did yeah. with Mark. So if you're a famous person listening to this podcast, be nice to people every chance you get. Oh, yeah. And, and then I guess kind of uh, you and I we can kind of talk about like more present day stuff is uh, nowadays, uh, like when they, I wish they had kept doing it, but they were starting to re-release the prequels in theaters uh, yeah, in 3D. Yeah, in 3D, I don't know, like six or seven years ago now. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. I'll, I'm going to bring Patrick every year when they release one each year. Because I think they were going to do that leading up to Episode 7 coming out or something like that. Yes, correct. Yeah. But it got the, like the cool 3D glasses for it. They looked like Anakin's Pod Racer goggles. And I was like, all right, next year we'll go see Attack of the Clones in 3D. And then that was the <laughs> Phantom Menace was the only one they ever released in 3D. Yeah, that's crazy. I wish they had continued with that i would probably would have like i think you had asked me to go and i was like i'll wait for episode three yeah. and then never got episode three i still think that if every time i see episode three that there's that that shot of mace with his like lightsaber like pointed right at the screen i was like man that that would have been so awesome in 3d i've been like oh i'm gonna get stabbed in the face by mace window <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think Right now is a very good time. I think it's one of the best times to be a Star Wars fan be, just because of the amount of content that's coming out right now. And I talk about this too, I think, on the Treknological podcast. If you're interested, it's a very good time to be a Star Trek fan as well because on Paramount Plus, they're just putting out a ton of content, a um, ton of live action and animated shows. And that's the same thing for Star Wars on Disney Plus. Not only do you have the back catalog of all the movies, but all of the animated shows that have been coming yeah. out are on there. They've got the Lego Star Wars and the Freemaker Adventures for the younger set. They've got, you know, the biomes and the ASMR type of things. It's like, and Mandalorian and Boba Fett, and we're getting three more series this year. All of these things are, you know, re very, I should say, they're all a great representation of different aspects of the Star Wars universe. And not only that, we're getting them in multiple mediums. We're getting a Lego uh, Skywalker Saga video game a little bit later this year, actually next month. And we've also got some great comic books that are coming out, which I really want to get caught up on. There's the, the High Republic and all the stuff that's going on in just the regular print novels. So ton of stuff is coming out right now for Star Wars and it, it's just a great time to be a fan. Yeah. And like you're saying they've even added like some of that older stuff to Disney Plus too. Like they, they put that animated Boba Fett section from the holiday special on there. They, 
They nice. have the Gendy Tartakovsky uh, micro series that was originally Which I love. the version of Clone Wars that we got before the Dave Filoni series. Yeah. yeah I remember. I love yeah, that series. I remember getting those on DVD and uh, like you'd see HD versions online years after that. And I was like, oh, man, maybe they'll release these on Blu-ray. But then, I mean, now they have them on there. So that's. And I remember those are always those are like little like. 30 second like snippet things that they showed in between like commercials on Cartoon Network originally. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice when that did eventually come out edited together and you, and you got to see like oh that's how Anakin got the scar in his eye. From, right. But although now it's yeah, not now it's canon it's legend. Legends, but at the time that was cool seeing something that happened in between the movies affect the movies. Yeah. And that's why I think what we're trying to see with a lot of Mandalorian stuff, things that connect to, let's say, Ahsoka in live action or, you know, things that they bridge the gap between the two mediums and say, hey, everything is in the same world. I think that's what the the MCU has done is kind of got fans excited for a connected universe, seeing all these things um, put together across different mediums. So Star Wars is having a very good... Um, couple years here and and the disney you know the the what's it called galactic star cruiser hotel just opened up we've got batu the rise of the resistance like all the rides that are coming out there's just a ton of stuff like i said it's it's great to immerse yourself in star wars right now yeah and speaking of that and going right on from disney plus uh I guess this is a good segue into going from our backstories to talking about the new Star Wars news that we got. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that crossover and that whole kind of expanded universe that we're getting is a little bit of news that we got for the Bad Batch Season 2 is that uh, Umiga will be older. In is it going to be the same actress and they pitch her voice down or is it, are they hiring a whole new actor? Yeah, so this this news that we got about Omega in season two came from the composers, basically saying that that there's going to be a time jump large enough for Omega to be older than she was in her last appearance. And the composers uh, who worked on the Clone Wars and Rebels, in addition to the work on Bad Batch, uh, had to remain tight-lipped about their work on the second season, but were still able to talk about how the experience has been so far. So they shared that the, the reason in fact was really cool in addition to carefully adding that Omega will be a little bit older than season one, but still not a lot. Yeah, that's going to be good. I can't wait. I, I thought the first season was great and I'm very much looking forward to the second season. I actually did look it up. It is the same voice actor, Michelle Ong. So I don't know if okay. maybe she's doing something with her voice or if they're going to artificially pitch it down. But yeah, that's going to be interesting no matter what, because when, when you're that young, like she was in the first season, there's only so much you can do with her as far as like action and getting involved a little bit older. Yeah. And now we can start to see her getting, you know, really in the weeds. Yeah, it should be interesting. And then see if we, with all like the kind of setup and different interactions we got from like the Clone Wars and Rebels within that first season and even like a little bit of uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett connections with uh, Fennec in there too it should be interesting to to see what we get in season two of the show oh yeah now I know you and I are both excited about this especially from your your sick day that you had many many years ago and experiencing these two things together that same day now they intersect together again 
Well, the doc himself, Christopher Lloyd, has been added to the cast of season three of The Mandalorian. As Mark alluded to, he was in the other series that I was able to rent on that faithful day, Dr. Emmett L. Brown from Back to the Future, um, and just had a long, illustrious career. You know, he's been in a ton of things. Star Trek Three, Taxi. Uh, more recently, he was in Nobody with Bob Odenkirk and the George Clooney-directed The Tender Bar. So, very interested to see what his character is in The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, he's a little bit older now, so probably not going to be doing a, lot, a whole lot of action, but I wonder if he's going to be a mentor to Mando, if he's going to be, um, you know, something, a roadblock in his way. What What is the role that he's going to play in season three? Yeah. Uh, we don't know specifically, but just as him as an actor, is just going to be a nice addition to the cast. Yeah. And do, now do you think he's going to be humanoid or more of an alien like he was in truck where he was a Klingon in that and a bad guy or do you think he'll be a good guy in this I think he's going to be human just like they had Michael Bean in yeah. the first or season two um, I think they're going to do it just not a lot of prosthetics let it his face speak for himself and whether he's a good guy or not that I think is up to chance because he can play both yeah. as an actor you know he's got the the talent to play either side, but I'm just interested to see how they use him, how they utilize him. Um, just being a little bit older, like I said, than he was in the movies that we love him in. And when you get a little bit older, there's, and I'm seeing this right now with Patrick Stewart in Picard. It's just a little bit like they talk a little bit slower. They, they need a little bit more time to uh, continue the scene. So I just want to see how, Christopher Lloyd is looking. Um, he looked pretty good in Nobody. Yeah. So let's see how he's doing in Mandalorian. Definitely. And I think um, maybe it could even be similar to like uh, Max and Sindow in Force Awakens, but maybe. Oh, right. But maybe right, right. Ho hopefully more screen time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely really excited. Like you, Back to the Future is my, my favorite movie of all time. So. The fact that yes. we're getting Christopher Lloyd in the Star Wars universe is very, very exciting to me. Oh, and yeah. Speaking of a Kathleen Kennedy produced film that Christopher Lloyd was in, we're going to talk about George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy uh, accepting the milestone PGA honor from Steven Spielberg recently. Uh, yeah, did you get a chance to, to see uh, any like the video from from the honor at all? Like. George Lucas gave a light ribbing to Spielberg about like different filmmaking. Yeah, I did not. I do want to see that. I was looking at the link that we have from the Hollywood reporter and I didn't get a chance to see the actual video, but anytime you get Lucas and Spielberg and that whole crew that grew up together, I like to see the, the back and forth between all those guys. It's always interesting and fun for me. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I thought was cool is uh, in here that it was said, I feel even in this room we need to define what producers do. Producers do whatever the hell it takes. Courage and imagination and utter lack of intimidation. The producer needs to know everybody's jobs and not 
how to do them, but how they are done well, which is what makes George and Kathy so deserving of this recognition, which is what Spielberg said to them both. Uh, but what I, oh, what yeah. was funny that Lucas said to him is basically he was giving him um, kind of crap a little bit for not being on the side of wanting to move on to digital filmmaking and wanting to continue with oh. actual film. Um, hmm. So it was kind of like a fun to watch, like, because you can tell that they're still really good friends. So it was fun to watch that kind of back and forth banter that they're having. So I would highly suggest nice. looking up the, the video from this honor. It's, it's really great, especially if you're a fan of Kathleen Kennedy and Spielberg and Lucas. Yeah. And that's the 33rd Producers Guild Awards. Yes. And it's always good to see George Lucas nowadays, too, especially with him basically not really being super involved with Star Wars anymore, so he's right. less in the public eye. So it's cool to see him when he does come out and do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the the last little bit of news that we're going to be talking about this week, which I think both of us are pretty excited for, uh, is that the Cal Kestis Legacy Lightsaber Hilt is going to be available at Galaxy's Edge very, very shortly. Um, as as of this recording, we're recording on March 23rd of 2022. It's going to be available on March 25th, 2022. So when you're nice. when you're listening to this, it may already be out if you waited. Uh, but I still haven't gotten to go to Galaxy's Edge uh, later this year. Uh, in November, I'll finally be able to go there. And then we can do a whole episode uh, yeah. about... Because I'm actually going to be... Strangely enough, even though we live closer to Disneyland, I'm going to be going to the Disney World Galaxy's Edge. So so nice. we can actually maybe compare notes later this year when we talk about... You can talk about Batu West, and I'll talk about uh, Batu East and see, see how yeah. they, they compare at that point. But yeah. yeah, we both played this video game, so are you, are you excited about this lightsaber coming to the parks and being available like that? Yeah, because I actually like this hilt. Even if I didn't like the video game or the character of Cal Kestis, this is a hilt that I would actually choose. And it's the the design at the top, which kind of looks almost like a U shape yeah. where the, the blade is coming out. That part, I think, is super cool, and it makes it interesting. And then on the bottom of the hilt, it kind of looks like it's destroyed. Um, the cabling is coming out. So I actually really like this lightsaber and if it wasn't for obi-wan's hilt i would actually probably get this one um if i did one of the pre-built ones um i did a, a customization we'll talk about that in our galaxy's edge video but i customized my own but if i was buying a pre-built one it would like i said it, obi-wan would be number one and then this calcestis would probably be number two so i like this design a lot yeah and shout out to our youtube channel where i actually in one of our playlists, I, I put uh, your video of you making your lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can you can yeah. also watch uh, Vactor's video of going to Episode 3 on there, too, so you can see a, a young Padawan Vactor being very excited for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> but what's kind of cool about this, too, is I, I tweeted it from our, our Twitter account for Holdo, uh, is that, hey, we got Cameron uh, Monaghan. We got his lightsaber now. Uh, Cal Kestis in live action when? Because he's like even in costume in these pictures that they posted too. So he's right. like, just there, just film something. There you go. Yeah. We're just waiting for him to show up in uh, like either uh, Obi Wan Kenobi or because we already 
we don't know if it was actually BD-1, but we did get a BD droid in Book of Boba Fett. So should should right. be interesting. I want to see it. Yeah. Now, this week, uh, I was going to suggest a different, that was from Star Wars, but I'm going to go back to and say, just check out that that Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, <laughs> KFC commercial. I'll, yeah. I'll find it, and I'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. I think that was a good conversation, sharing our, our history of the galaxy far, far away for a young Vector and a young... Uh, mark yeah so with that guys uh if you want to leave us a review on the podcast catcher of your choice uh, if it allows you to do so it helps us out a lot you can find the show on social media at twitter at holdopod uh, on instagram at holdopod or also on facebook at holdopod uh you can uh, search for the hold maneuver on youtube we should be one of the first things to show up maybe throw a podcast in there too and it'll definitely show up We'll have links for all this stuff in the show notes, too. Uh, and then individually, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at my first and last name, which is just Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And then you can follow Vactor at his last name, B-A-C-T-O-R, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. And then for all things geek, you can check out geeksotospeak.com, including the rest of the podcast network. Uh, Geeks, so to speak, with Wonder Rob, Schaff, and Vactor. And then uh, my Cinemark segment there. And then you got Treknological with Schaff and Vactor. And then, of course, last but not least, the Sandbox Gamers, again, with Vactor, because this guy doesn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and Wonder <laughs> Rob and Jeff W. Uh, but that's it for us this week. But And Vactor, what do we say at the end of every episode? Thank the Maker! most legendary heroes, fearsome villains, and coolest vehicles. Now available to take home and play with at Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell. Right now, at participating Taco Bell locations, you can get one of these cool Star Wars Episode One collectible toys, one in every Taco Bell kids' meal you buy. The cantina music. <laughs> <laughs> that was wizard. <laughs>